struggle is not my fault. This I guess my friends I love my baby that is looking crack only today. Want to change he wanted Welcome to the Cracked Rackets Podcast. I'm Dalton Thieneman and got a good one for you today with two time. ACC Player of the Year, recent ATP match winner, and Georgia Tech star player Chris Eubanks. Just had a big outing down at the uh, ATP tournament in Atlanta. Looking forward to next week. I'll be hanging out with 2017 NCAA finalists and ACC Freshman of the Year and overall UNC star Will Blumberg. So make sure you stay tuned next week. Now for my conversation with Chris Eubanks. I think you're going to like this. We had a lot of fun putting it together. Tonight on Cracked Rackets, we have two-time ACC Player of the Year and Georgia Tech star player Chris Eubanks. The Cracked Rackets team is excited and thrilled to have Chris on and hear about his recent success this summer and moving forward into the future. So right off the bat here, we're going to bring up, and, and you probably get this all the time, you're one tall dude. Everybody knows <laughs> it. What, what, what's your actual height? Actual height is 6'7", six, 6'7". Seven, six seven. So I have a lot of guesses. I have some guesses that are you know, a little too much, a little too low. But uh, I, anytime, I, anytime someone who asks my height, I always ask them to guess. Anytime they can guess right on, I make sure to give them a little kudos to say. That's really good. So they can guess six, seven by looking at me. I make sure to try to give them a little bit of encouragement afterwards. <laughs> and when they guess it right, you have to lean down, you know, quite a ways there. A little bit. Most times I do. But uh, it's, it's actually, uh, it's kind of like this unspoken, unspoken brotherhood of guys who are pretty tall. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I like that. There's a lot of guys on tour. You know, you got John Isner, Chillich, Query. A lot of guys that are killing it right now at six seven, six eight, six nine. Is there, you know, parts of their game that you're trying to emulate? Absolutely, especially it's kind of known for the big guys that tend to be known to have some of the biggest serves on tour. So I think that's probably the biggest thing to try to emulate. The movement aspect is something that still is is, an evol- is evolving. Um, not too many of the big guys are known for their movement. They're known for having good movement for big men. But uh, in terms of having good movement all around, it still kind of lacks. But, you know, when, when it comes with the height, you, you uh, gain some attributes and you might, you know, lose a couple. So I'm okay with if you can add an extra 10 to 15 miles per hour to my server, that might be maybe just a, a fraction of a step slower than the guy who might be 5'8". You know, there, there's certain things you have to kind of balance out. And I think uh, using the height to my advantage is probably something that a lot of tennis players would love to have. So... I'm just kind of using it as well as I can, and hopefully we continue to grow my game. It's got to be nice to have that weapon to fall back on when you're in the breaker at, at four, five, five, six, and you need to just pop one. Yeah, it definitely kind of gives you a different mindset. You kind of have a little bit of calm about yourself, even in uh, tight situations. You know that if you dial in and focus in on the serve, that you can kind of get yourself out of a little bit of trouble that a lot of guys have to more, I guess, construct points a little bit better or have to kind of think through things when you could just say, hey, I'm down break point. Let's go for a big one, two here. Let's go for a serve here, first of all, forehand, and then just kind of see what happens after that. For sure. So, you know, rolling with the punches here, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you originally got into the game of tennis. Well, my uh, my dad's 
outside of my brother in tennis. So my brother is uh, about 13 years older, and when I came along in order to get me out the house, they would kind of bring me to the tennis course and just let me watch. Um, watch my dad give my brother instruction. As I got of age, inside where I could walk and kind of carry a racket, my dad put a racket in my hand, and it just kind of started from there. And he started out dropping me balls, swinging, swinging, just learning, seeing my hand-eye coordination, being able to go from there to see what my athleticism would be. Pretty much trying to see if tennis would be the right sport for me. I think he kind of made a pretty good call on it. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, unbelievable collegiate career so far. And, you know, you're heading into your senior year. But this summer, you've kind of broken out. Well, earlier in the summer, you won an ITF Futures in Winston-Salem. Yeah. So kind of take us through, you know, it, was that the tournament where it all clicked or was there a certain moment, maybe your sophomore, junior year at GT, where it all clicked and you were like, yeah, you know, I knew I was a great tennis player, but now I'm confident and I know I'm an elite level tennis player and I can go on for bigger things. Uh, I think that probably came my sophomore year. Freshman year was a little bit of an up and down as a freshman coming in, just kind of saying that I was put in the situation and how I would respond would kind of be a really big turning point for me. And I think I kind of kept a good head on my shoulders. Of, even though I was taking my fair share of loss, I kind of saw that I was able to compete with a lot of guys. And I thought if I continued to work on the things that my coaching staff would, you know, emphasize and be my point of emphasis, and I could be a much better player down the line. So then come along uh, my sophomore season. In the fall, I think I went out second round of All-Americans. And then I got into the spring season, and I think I went, it was about 16 and two. So my ACC record was 11 and one in my sophomore year. And it just kind of took off from there. I was beginning to be looked at as one of the best players in college tennis, and I think that's when I started to believe it. I've been top 10 in the country. They have been as high as four this past year. And then I ended the year as ACC Player of the Year. Um, so I think that kind of gave me a lot of confidence going into my junior year, and then I continued to have uh, success this past year in the spring as well as the uh, fall again. So it's been a pretty good ride. There are constant accomplishments that happen that kind of continue to reinforce the fact that I, I think I am one of the best players in college tennis, and hopefully I can take that momentum to be one of the best players in tennis uh, in general one day. Like you said, you know, you've had an impressive and about to be unprecedented collegiate career at Georgia Tech. You're 65 and 12 the last two years. I think you're only 30 victories away from the school record for singles wins. Is that something that, you know, is, is in the back of your head? Like, hey, you know, I could, I could be the record holder at Georgia Tech. Yeah, definitely. I, these things kind of never really popped in my mind. They were probably some of the furthest things away from the forefront of my head as you could quite possibly imagine. For me now to look at where as far I've come and to see that you know the all-time record is is right there for me, to be able to kind of just think that I'm so close to making uh, such history at Georgia Tech in my hometown of Atlanta is something I I, I couldn't have even dreamt about uh, coming in as a freshman. So also success breeds hunger for me. It allows me to continue to see that you know other people are going to be working to kind of take away things that I want and I have to work even harder to be able to maintain and stay at the level that I'm at and I'm willing to do it. I love that. Kind of moving on here I know you know we've talked about your collegiate career but I've also seen recently you're moving up the pro rankings as well. Is there anything any short-term goals that you set for yourself conditioning wise? Is there like strength conditioning? Is it something in your diet? Yeah, it's mainly been about, you know, getting stronger in the weight room. 
thinking that if I can, can continue to get put on weight, put on muscle, I think I'll kind of put myself in a good position that when I'm when I leave school, I'll have the body uh, of someone who can, can contend with professionals week in and week out. I think right now I can do it on a I would guess I would say semi regular basis. I think in order for me to be able to do it for 30 or 40 weeks out the year, it's going to take me being able to get stronger and get better shape. So you've obviously been all over the country for your tennis career, you know, collegially and traveling for ITS and that kind of thing. Is there, you know, a favorite place for you or a least favorite place that sticks out in your mind? Favorite place, I guess I'd have to say, probably be the U.S. Open in New York. It's just going up there that time of year. It's just a fun, it's just all around a fun time. Really, really get to see the world kind of come to New York and come to one site in order and, and see the best tennis players in the world. It's a tournament that I've, I've dreamt about winning for since I was a little kid. So that probably would have to, I would have to say would be my favorite place. I really don't have a least favorite place, honestly. I think um, smart answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't really pick a place as long as I can find an okay hotel or an okay house in which I'm living and and I have a bed and Wi-Fi. In the courts, that's pretty much all I need. Physically, there's only so much you can do, but tennis is a very mental and emotional game as well. Is there anything psychologically that you train yourself to do in terms of, you know, watching YouTube videos or that kind of thing, or even in coaching or training? Uh, you, you, well, not so much. That wouldn't be so much for watching a video. Uh, that's kind of more, so like off court uh, stuff, and, and actually, I think that the best kind of practice for it is the way that you handle adversity in matches. So, in certain certain moments of uh, you know anger or whatever you might feel on the court, I think your ability to be able to kind of suppress that and kind of calm yourself down to be able to go back and do the things that you know are right, execute the plays that you know are the right place to do. I think that's kind of a little bit more of mental practice, I guess than uh, actually sitting down and trying to tell yourself what you would do in a situation because it's very easy to sit on the couch when you're not on the court and say, hey, when you miss a ball down break point, this is what you should do. I think it's really easy to say that, but until you're actually put in that situation, I think the best practice kind of comes from being in it. I hear you. So, you know, in terms of this experience, is there any interactions you've had with pro players that have acted as a mentor to you, giving you kind of advice how to approach the game? Yeah, Donald Young is, he took me under his wing when I was about 14 or 15 and just kind of allowed me to practice at the same tennis center. So what I did was I would go and I would teach after school, teach in the after school program uh, at his parents' tennis center. And I would take lessons from his dad and, and kind of like in the, uh, payment form, so I would pretty much teach lessons so that I could get lessons, and then as I got better and better, I started being able to practice with Donald uh, Jr. a lot more and a lot more consistently, and he kind of just helped guide in my career. I honestly don't think I'd be nearly the player I am now if it weren't for him. It's funny because he acts like the big brother because he's been through so many things that I have yet to go through. Being, me being able to kind of refer to him for so much has been a convenience that I, I, I honestly can't even try to put in the words to kind of tell you how important it is. Uh, another one that I have, Steve Johnson, has really acted as a really, really cool mentor just because he played college tennis. He was the best college tennis player ever. And to be able to call him and say, hey, in terms of college, how did you deal with this? What happened with this? And he's someone I go to fairly often. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll switch it up, uh, get a little funky. So 
what is the weirdest thing that we would find in your tennis bag right now? The weirdest thing that you would find in my tennis bag? Um, weird. Uh, not too many weird things. Maybe say, uh, say a playing deck of cards. Okay. Just for those times when you're stuck somewhere and there's nothing to do. You can always pull out the deck of cards, find some people that want to play. And uh, I try to keep stationed off on a few magic tricks just to kind of, you know, use it as some form of entertainment. But uh, that might be the, the, the weirdest thing, I guess, outside of actual, you know, tennis, my tennis necessities that you did, you might, might make you kind of turn your head. <laughs> uh, of your apparel, the sticks that you're rocking, your strings. Is there a brand that uh, you prefer? Yeah, well, as, as of now, uh, I'm using Tekken Fiber Rackets uh, and Solinko String, the Hyper G, which I think is the best string out right now. Uh, so that's what I use. And in terms of apparel, I'm wearing Adidas. I hear you. I'm sure you saw this coming. It's the name of the website, so we have to ask. How many rackets have you cracked? Maybe not in your career, because that's going to be too wholesome, but maybe, you know, the last year or two. And is that a, a normality? Uh, you know, the game's pretty frustrating at times. Out of anger, zero. Yeah, zero. Zero. I, I, my dad kind of instilled that in me when I was young and I started playing. It was something you were going to do. You weren't going to throw your racket, and you weren't going to kind of just go out there and, and, and embarrass yourself or embarrass the family because you wanted to um, treat something that he paid for with disrespect. So that, that was kind of something that I kind of really had to take to heart at a young age. I like that. So we'll, we'll roll on. Uh, the next segment is kind of a fan favorite. It's our rapid fire segment. So I'm going to ask you probably five to 10 questions in rapid succession. And you're going to provide one word answers. If you can, if not, we'll just keep it moving. All right. Uh, good. So, um, here, sorry. Who is your favorite tennis player? Roger Federer. If you were forced to give up a stroke in tennis, what would it be? Backhand. Favorite thing to do in your spare time, not tennis related? Play basketball. Favorite snack on the court? Chocolate chip cliff bar. Favorite meal off the court? Lasagna. Best tennis court surface? Hard court. Favorite song right now? 444 by Jay-Z. Most entertaining player on the tour right now? Alex Verev. Favorite TV show? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Favorite sports star, non-tennis related? LeBron James. Finish this sentence. My favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? Popping serves at 135. I love it. That's it. You crushed that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Christopher, thank you so much for your time, man. I know you have a hectic schedule, and you've been absolutely killing it this summer. And uh, Cracked Rackets is very, very excited to have you on tonight. And it's been a pleasure having you on. And you provided a lot of insight for our, our younger junior players and, and also the collegiate players that you know have high aspirations because you, you know, you're setting a great example on and off the court. But we'll let you off the hook for now because I know you need to you know, get some rest and prepare for tomorrow. I'm sure you have a rigorous training schedule tomorrow, but thanks again. No problem. Not a problem at all. We here at Cracked Rackets plan on talking with you, you know, in the near future once Cracked Rackets is blown up, the biggest tennis site on the planet, and <laughs> Christopher Eubanks is, is the next big thing on the, on the ATP Tour. I hope so. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much uh, again, and we'll talk soon.
Thanks again, Cracked fans, for coming out. We had a blast chatting with Chris about his recent success and really look forward to seeing what the future has in store for him. Make sure to follow us at Cracked Rackets on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. And then next week, like I mentioned earlier, we have Will Blumberg, you know, big star out of North Carolina. So we look forward to seeing you next week, guys. Take care.